0: You are listening to the Grove Church podcast where you will find a message that is biblically based Relatable and easy to understand for more content or to learn more about the Grove Church Go to grovech.org. All right. All right. Good to see you guys Happy that you're here at the Grove Church today. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15 uh, Basically towards uh, the back end of your Bibles. If you don't own a Bible, there's a seat there uh, in front of you, and there's a Bible in there, you can take that and use it, or you can throw down the phone and uh, do that thing. Hey, we uh, continue our series eyes wide open today. We're talking about generosity with our time, um, generosity with our time, and we will get to that text soon enough hey how many of you in here you're just really big fans of bands and music and artists just raise your hand come on you're like i love music i love bands i love listening to music okay awesome all right cool um so am i and i'll tell you a little bit why growing up i had two older brothers uh jordan and nathaniel we call him we called nathaniel nate and then recently he's like no dude i want to be called nathaniel now i'm like Okay, we'll call you Nathaniel now then. But um, so Jordan and Nathaniel. And uh, we grew up in North Marysville over by that sad Albertsons that's no longer there anymore. And every time I drive by, I, I weep. Um, and so, but yeah, by Marshall there. And uh, grew up in an environment with bands all around me, okay? And I always wanted to be in my brother's band, just for the record, but I was never good enough. You know what I'm talking about, bro. I was never good enough to be in his band. And so it, it hurt. It hurt deeply. And I'm in, I'm in therapy for it. But anyways, um, so yeah I grew up just in, in an environment of just music, and my brothers um, always pushing you know music and 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 we had a like a family room where it was always set up with you know electrics and drums and keyboards and just a just a music family, um, but me not but them and so um At one point, it got so awesome in our house. My poor mom. Um, We bought these speakers. My brother Nathaniel bought these speakers that are like they look like this. They're just this massive like furniture piece. Uh, And in our living room, we had like this amp. Okay, which some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. But there's an amp, and then and then we even had a sub. All right, because we were bumping. Okay, a sub, and then uh, I think at one point we got some pawn shop or something. um, A 100 plus cd changer holder okay i mean yeah it was it was epic now just for the record cds aren't cool anymore okay so i know they're in your car right now but it's time to move on okay um but so yeah a cd changer that held a hundred cds okay not that you even know what's in there okay we had like this database like dude put on 37 (laughs) okay and so just this music family well in, in this world of bands and artists and music, my brothers and I got introduced to the best Christian band of all time. That's right, folks. The best Christian band of all time. Now, let me back up and say, last time I spoke, I had mentioned, you know, that Fred Myers, okay, is, is one of the best, the best grocery stores on the planet. And... And it is, okay? But moving on, okay? But best Christian band of all time. And we memorized their albums. When they came on tour, we went to their concerts. We're up front. It was crazy. None other than DC Talk, folks. Oh, yes. DC Talk. Oh, my word. This was the music of my salvation, okay? Jesus Freak in the light. People got to learn the hard way, free at last. Thank God almighty I'm free at last. Okay, you know, I don't even give it justice. Hit the lights, cue the music. Time is ticking away. Here it is, folks. Enjoy. I mean, I mean, do I need to say more? I mean, I feel like I had to dress the part today. I mean, best band of all time, okay? Time is ticking away. Now, let me give you just some truth facts about time, okay? And what I believe time is and, and just some things to, to note. First of all, I, I believe time was created and given to us by God, okay? Time, time was something that God created at the beginning of time. In the book of Genesis, we see this, and God created, and God made, and in that, he created time. It's a gift given to us by God. Second thing here, time is a resource. You know, as a young person, I know some of you think I'm still young, and I am. Okay, as a young person, I wasted a lot of time. As a young person, time wasn't a resource to me. Time wasn't that big of a deal to me. Time wasn't a currency currency to me, but like the famous saying, time is money, time is a currency, time is a resource. And every time I speak, I always kind of point to young people because I want to continue to think that I'm young. Young person, man, time's a resource. Wasting your life and wasting time and just sitting on your hands and not doing anything with your life is a terrible use of the time that God has given you and I. Here's the other thing. We all have time. We don't know how much time we have. Time affects all of us. In fact, in in Ecclesiastes 3, there's this beautiful poetry that we call wisdom literature. And in that, it says, man, there's a time to live and there's a time to die. There's a time to plant and there's a time to sow. There's a time to reap and there's a time to not reap. There's this opportunity where God explains that in time, time is controlled and given to us by God. In fact, your days and your hours and your years spent on this life are all a gift from God that are meant to be stewarded in the right way. And lastly, like the awesome song from the best band ever that was Christian in the 90s, time is ticking away. Time is very short. You and I actually don't know how long we have on this earth. You and I actually don't know the time that God has allowed it to us. And in fact, the Bible speaks of this, even in James chapter 4, where it says that you and I appear like a mist or a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. And so therefore life is very precious and so is time. The good news today is I believe that the verses that we're going to read are going to help us understand why time is so important. And we're in Ephesians today, and we're only going to be reading a few verses, 15 through 17. But I I want to do this passage justice, and so I want to give you just some, some real backstory of what's going on in the city of Ephesus. What's going on when this letter was written, why it's so important for us today. So you have Paul. We always talk about Paul here at the church partly because Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul was someone who was persecuting the church. First was Saul, got a name change to Paul, had a revelation of Christ, and then therefore started planning churches, started being a missionary, traveling around, like Pastor Nick talked about a few weeks ago, took three missionary journeys that we're aware of, helping establish churches and encouraging the body of Christ. The letter Ephesians to the church at Ephesus was written right around AD 62. This is after the death of Christ. And the church, the, the city of Ephesus, let me just talk about the city for a minute. The city was a, was a port city, just like Seattle is a port city, and people come and go through the Puget Sound. The same thing with Ephesus. It was a port city, a lot of commerce happening. And one of the grand things happening in Ephesus at the time was the grand theater where gods and goddesses were worshipped and chanted and sung to and rah, rah, rah. It's in this backstory that in Acts, okay, so you have Luke, Acts, written by Luke, two books, same author, Luke, Acts. In Acts, Luke, who was a companion of Paul's traveling around, he decided to start writing accounts of what was going on with these churches at the time that Paul was traveling. And he records A very interesting thing happening in Ephesians, in Ephesus, about Paul and what's happening. Let me just read this to you. It's not on the screen, but let me read it to you. Okay, so it says, About that time there arose a great disturbance about the way, meaning Christianity. At first it was called the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. He called them together along with the workers in related trades and said, You know, my friends, that we receive a good income from this business. And you see in here how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and practically in the whole province of Asia. He says that gods made by human hands are no gods at all. There is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of this this great goddess Artemis will be discredited. And the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. He goes on to say, When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. You have to understand what's going on here. You have this guy named Demetrius, okay? He has a trade, and his trade and how he makes money is carving little images and trinkets and little things that people buy, The problem is that the things that these people are buying, their little gods, Artemis, she was this god of the hunt and the bow, and people would worship these gods. They pay tribute to these gods. They would begin to have idol worship about these gods. It's no different than in the Old Testament when they worship the calf instead of worshipping Yahweh. They create their own gods and begin to put attributes and credit to these gods. And here's what Paul's doing. Paul's coming in, traveling, ministering the gospel, and he's saying, hey, all these little gods, Artemis, all these people, they're no gods at all. In fact, these gods are made by human hands, and the God that I serve, Jesus Christ, who came and lived and died and rose again, this God is not a God made by human hands. And now Demetrius is getting ticked off because he's like, okay, listen, this Paul dude is saying that our God isn't real, Artemis. And now people aren't going to buy our little wood trinkets and our, our, our things that we sell. Our business is going to hurt. Our God that we serve is going to be damaged. And therefore, they've created a riot in Ephesus at this time because of what Paul was doing. It's, it's important to understand sort of this backdrop here of, of what's happening at the time in Ephesus. Now the last thing about this here is this. As we jump into this text here, here's what I want you to understand. Only a few verses, but all of chapter 5 is dealing with this. Paul's saying to Christian believers, hey, I want you to walk in love. I want you to walk in unity. In fact, you're now children of light. You're children of God. And therefore, I want you to put away vulgar talking and coarse joking. I want you to put away this idol worship and the worshiping of other gods. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin to expose the things that are darkness into light because you are now children of God and you are children of light. And now we get to where we're at today, which we're going to talk here about. In a minute, let's read these verses. It says in Ephesians five, fifteen through 17. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let's pray today for God's word. God, thank you for today. I got about 16 minutes left. I pray your spirit would speak to every heart. I pray you draw us close to you today that, Lord, you are the giver of time. I pray we would use it, God, and steward it well. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was studying this making the best use of the time, making the best use of the time that we have, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. This idea of making the best use of is this idea of redeeming the time. It's a picture of redeeming the time that we have on earth. Paul is saying that you and I as Christ followers should look at the days and the hours and the time that we have. And we should look at doing the most good we possibly can with the time that you and I have. It's a beautiful picture of being a good steward of time, is it not? Not? Now, here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, I want you to be careful how you walk. I want you to be careful that you're not unwise, but you're wise. And here's why I want you to redeem the time. Here's the reason why I want you to redeem the time. I want you to redeem the time because the days are evil. I'm asking you to redeem the time and make the best use of the time because the days are evil. Now, I want to discuss this a little bit. Because I found this pretty fascinating this week. A little bit more about my background. So I grew up in church. Part of of my experience was here. Another part of it was my parents planning a church in this community. So I grew up in this this community, a part of this church. And in the 90s, growing up in that era and growing up in, in, in what was going on, I felt like that there was a major, major emphasis on the devil and demons. Now I'll just be honest with you, if that really scares you, I'm not here to scare you if you're a guest. I'm not going to be doing anything weird up here. I'm just giving you my background. Don't worry. We're not the weird church. Okay, just, just relax. But, I, but I, I had this growing up in this world of, and I'll just give you kind of a picture of it. It was always like, man, we're going to kick back the devil on his schemes, And we're going to run. You getting it? All right. It was just it was like major, major, major emphasis on the devil, on wickedness, on darkness, on evil. And it's just hammered and hammered and hammered. I mean, we would, you know, quote verses like we don't war against flesh and blood, but we war against principalities and powers and every high thing and exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And, you know, we're here to push back the darkness and push back the devil and greater than he is in us and he that's in the world. And no, no, no. Now that I'm 30 years old, a little bit more maturity, starting to experience some back pain, 30 years old, (laughs) okay? I gotta be honest with you. I think it was overplayed. I think it was too much of an emphasis. This is my personal opinion. And here's why I believe that. Have we forgotten who we are and who we belong to? Have we forgotten the Famous Romans, Romans 8 chapter, where you and I, when we were born, were made with the image of God. Made in God's image, meant for his glory and his purpose. Have we forgotten that when God, right, awesome creator God time, when he sent Jesus... To live a sinless life, suffer and die a death that you and I deserve. When he died on that cross, which we're coming into the Easter season, we remember the cross and we celebrate the resurrection being made alive in Christ. Have we forgotten that you and I are children of the most high God, children of light, and where there is light, darkness has to flee? Have we forgotten, folks, that God has won the victory and he's the beginning and the end? And it's under our feet. See, for me, I feel like at times we missed who we were instead of focusing on something else. So the big question today is, man, do we live in an evil world? Do we really live in an evil world today? Let me give you a couple thoughts about what I believe evil looks like today. On Tuesdays, we have the environment called Bloom. All you ladies should come. And one of the things that we do at Bloom is there's the coffee stand, and Tammy is awesome. She does a great job leading it. And I went up to her on Tuesday morning because I've been studying, and I kind of processed things out loud. I'm like, hey, Tammy, how you doing? Hey, do you think we live in an evil world? And she she's like, uh. <laughs> um, but what she said, and I want to give her credit, what she said I think was spot on. I think evil today is Confusion. I think we live in a world today, this postmodern world today, where there is no right or wrong, there is no truth, there is no moral responsibility, and therefore you and I are just challenged to do whatever we want, however we want, and who cares about the consequences? In fact, it kind of reminds me of a prophet in the Bible who's been dead for a very long time, but he speaks directly to this issue. Woe to those, Isaiah 520, who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know what the problem with our world is today? Is that years ago, you and I could say, this is wrong, and this is right, and there wouldn't be a problem. But in our world today, there is no truth. There is no sin. There is no moral responsibility. And therefore, it's confusion. So much confusion so that as a parent, you think to yourself, okay, well, if I send my kid to this school, ah, but if I send them to, it's ah, It's confusion. Now, hear me when I tell you this. It's confusion to the point where we're even questioning the very things that we know the Bible says is true. Now, in John one fourteen, I love what it says. It says the law and the and and through the prophets, the law came through Moses and the prophets. But it says when Jesus came, He came with the fulfillment of truth and grace. Yes, I believe we live in an evil world, but I believe you and I, as followers of Christ, are called to. Come against evil with truth and grace. Here's what I mean by that. We're called to be filled with the Spirit and grace-filled. We're called not to judge people and make them feel like we're against them, but we're called to stand for truth and stand for more responsibility. And the confusion must stop because in Paul's day, it was an evil time where people were worshiping actual physical idols. But in our world today, you don't see those idols, but the idols are very real. Hear me today. You have an opportunity to redeem the time you have. Now, I want you to hear this quote. I love this quote. Charles Colson, incredible prison ministry, wrote a book, How Now Shall We Live? And here's what he says in this book in the chapter, The Face of Evil. Human beings have revolted against God and his created order, throwing the entire creation out of joint. Everything is distorted by sin. Nothing is free from its effects. This is not merely a religious message. Limited to some private realm of faith. It is the truth about ultimate reality. Let me say this last thing about evil. The world would want to convince you and I. That the way that we should look at evil. Is we should mock it. Let's mock evil. Let's make fun of evil. Let's indulge in gore. Let's indulge in irresponsibility. Let's indulge in the things that are evil in this world. And I want to caution you today. The evil is still very real today. It may not look the same. It may not feel the same. It may not be treated in the same way. But sin is all the more prevalent. But you and I are children of God. And I believe we're called to bring truth and grace and redeem the time. Now, let me give you some practical things. I know that might feel kind of heavy, and you're like, geez, man, evil, wow, not coming back next week. And you said the devil more than once, so I'm really gone, okay? Here's the practical stuff, okay? Practical, practically, because I don't want anybody to hate me today, all right? Here's practically. You want to know how to redeem the time. You want to know how to make use of your time. Okay, let me just give you just four, four things. They all start with S's to make it easy for you. Okay, take the note. Here it is. When you and I manage our time, We reflect our belief in the God who gives it. The way we manage our time is a reflection of what we believe about God. And here's how I believe God would ask us to manage our time. Number one, show up. Number one, show up. It's always amazing to me that the ministry of presence does far more of a greater thing than anything else in this world. And when I mean show up, and I mean show up to your kid's classroom. Show up to your wife's work and take her to lunch. Show up and do something of an investment of your time. And when I mean show up, I don't mean show up. It's okay. I'll, 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 I'll attack that in a minute, okay? Show up. Here's another one. Can you slow down? Can you please slow down? Man, we see this in Scripture. God rested. I love this quote here today by, by Craig Rochelle. We quote him all the time. Don't let culture divert you from living in the present, being fully engaged with the people around you and the gifts and the challenges that draw you back to God. Don't let the chaotic pace of normalcy tug you in the wrong direction. I love this language here. You have to fight against the daily drift, others' expectations, the urgent but unimportant. A false sense of self, or you'll get swept away by a normal life. Be different. Be careful how you live, how you plan, what you say yes to, what you say no to. Notice the relationship between the choices we make, wise or foolish, and understanding the Lord's will. It's critical to God that we think about how we live, how we spend the present time with which we're gifted each day. Man, take a time out and slow down. In fact, if your life schedule is 95% maxed and there's no space for anything, there's no space for downtime, you don't even know what the word nap means, okay? I'm telling you, it may be time for you and your family to slow down. Two more S's here, a couple stories, then we'll be done. Man, start looking and asking. You wanna redeem the time? You wanna make the best use of it? You want to recognize the days are evil and you want to do something about what God is giving you, your time? And my encouragement to you is just start looking and asking. Can I be honest with you? Every single Sunday, it takes a plethora of volunteers to run this church and none of them get paid a dime. Let me give you a, just, a, a, just a, a window into this because they never say anything and you probably don't ever see them. But like my sound and media guys back there, You probably don't really recognize when you come through the doors. Do you know how many services they're here today for? They're here for four services today. Because they're dedicated. They love the church. And they want to see people reached. Can you have a heart like them, my friends? Can you start looking and asking, how can I serve my church? If this is my home and this is where I'm a part and this is where I love to be, how can I be a blessing to my church? How can I invest my time wisely? How can I show others Christ by serving in my local church? Man, start looking and asking. There is need everywhere. We just have to have eyes that are wide open to it. Here's the last one, maybe maybe kind of a humorous one, but just my world. Shut off shut off. How many of you in here, I mean, you guys know I became a dad last year. Lydia's now eight months. How many of you in here, you know, you would say, um, you know, that my daughter can talk. Go and just raise your hand. You think she can talk? All All right. How many of you can, you know, would say, yeah, you know, she cannot talk. Go and raise your hand. Yeah, you guys, that really hurts. Okay, that hurts. That hurts. Nick, I'm done. Come on up, man. I'm done. All right, that hurts. Well, I think I think she can talk. I mean, it may sound like this, (laughs) but she can talk. And again, I only have one kid. I always pick on the bomb guards. I don't have a village. I don't have four kids, so it doesn't even count, okay? I only have one, only one car seat, only one dirty diaper, okay? Only one baby not getting sleep, all right? So it doesn't really count, but let me just encourage you in my world today. I don't know what it is about our world today that we have such a hard time shutting off. I don't know what it is about when I'm playing with my daughter on the ground. She's only eight months. Sure, she can't really talk. But can I be honest with you? She's talking. She's talking loud and clear. And you know what she's saying? Hey, Dad, can you shut it off? I mean, do you really got to play with me on the ground and then tell me that you just got to like one more post? Is it really that important to you, Dad? Can I just be honest with you? In a generation just consumed by these devices, can I tell you to create patterns where you shut it off in your family? I know families that like at 6.30 to 9, they throw phones in a in a basket, and nobody looks at their phones for the rest of the night. And some of you teenagers are like... Right? But can I just be honest with you today? It's consuming our lives. It's creating wedges in families. You know how many times I go to dinner and I'm like, I don't even... Do they even look at each other tonight? Shut it off. You're better for it. Be present. And learn how to take advantage of every opportunity. Because my daughter's telling me it right now. Put it down, dad. Put it down. Let me end with this final uh, story. Um, So my wife and I, we... Uh, for Valentine's Day, we decided to go to a, a concert. I'm kind of, started with the best band ever that was Christian, DC Talk. And, uh, I'm ending with a band. So Amanda and I decided we were going to go to a, a concert, uh, down in Capitol Hill over, over Valentine's weekend. And, uh, man, it was at the Nemos. Now let me just give you the picture of this place. All right. First of all, nasty, dark night, pouring down rain, couldn't find a parking spot worth a hill of beans finally got a spot after I probably got a few nice remarks and got into a spot, head to the head to the, to the show, pretty cheap show, walk in. And man, just, just a nasty place, nasty bar, dark, grungy, just gross. And I'm like, happy Valentine's day, babe. Love you. You know, this is awesome. <laughs> so don't do that. Uh, and so, Anyway, so a couple bands that I, that we really like, that love Jesus. And so we're, you know, we're showing up. It's about a hundred people, pretty small show, nothing like what it was like when we went to DC talk. Okay. Um, but yeah, just a, just a small group of people. And all of a sudden, you know, just people, the band's playing different songs. And you know what? I, I can't sing. I can't play an instrument, but just, just indulge me for a minute here. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm holding my, I'm kind of holding my wife's hand. We're just listening to the band. And the next thing I know, in the middle of their set, like, all right, you guys, come on. We know why we're here. We know what the reason is. Let's sing it. And then the band starts busting out. All creatures of our God and King. Let me me just give you just some of the lyrics in my terrible voice. Here it is. And all creatures of our God and King With one voice and we will sing And all praise Him. Hallelujah. Listen to this one. Praise, praise the Father, three in one. Praise, praise the Father, three in one. Listen to the last part. Praise the Son and praise the Spirit, three in one. And immediately a hundred people in the darkest bar of the city are worshiping Jesus. Why? Why? Why are they worshiping Jesus? Why? What happened in that moment? The presence of God just fills that place. You want to talk about maximizing your time. You want to talk about maximizing your moment. You want to talk about being light in darkness. You want to talk about being a presence in our community. I'm telling you, man, show up show up, slow way down, start looking and asking where the need is. And for the sake of your kids and your marriage, shut it off. Let me pray for you today. God, we love you. We're called to redeem the time. Lord, we're called to recognize that God, every day, every hour, every minute is a gift from you, God. And Lord, we see that there's evil in our world. We recognize the patterns of sin. But Lord, we believe that we're children of God. Our perspective is different today, God. I don't know where people need to maximize their time. I don't know where people are wasting their time. I don't know where people are so maxed that they can't even take a day of rest. But I pray you would challenge us to steward our lives well. Because Lord, you want us to be your light shining in this dark world. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.